Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, we're going to hop into the Word here in just a moment, um, and we're going to be talking about kind of part two from Sunday sermon, Pastor Bobby's Sunday sermon on the Messianic Covenant. And uh, I wanted to take a minute before we really dive into the word. I feel like we would be amiss if as a church, especially a church that prioritizes our heritage that is found in the Old Testament and the people of Israel, to not just take a moment and uh, talk about what is happening in the Middle East right now, what is happening in the conflict in Gaza between uh, Hamas and Israel. And there's a lot of craziness. Me and Pastor Caleb were even talking for just a few moments before service. I've even had to be careful because uh, some of the images and different things are just so gruesome, so heartbreaking um, that people are sharing and putting out there. And um, But I just, I just know that Wherever you stand, this is what me and Pastor Caleb were talking about, whether you're like, why is this even a big deal? Maybe somebody in here, you're not even a Christian. You don't even, you're like, God, whatever. Here's my question. Why is it that such a small piece of land such an insignificant territory is one of the most fought over, one of the places that so much blood has been shed. There's something significant about that. And we know that's because God has a special plan for Israel. He has a special plan for Jerusalem that, that the, the temple, the temple mount is a special place. No matter if people want to discount it, if people want to say it's ancient history, that there's something special about that. And so I just wanted to read from Psalm chapter 122 Uh, starting in verse 6. It says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls, prosperity within your palaces. For the sake of my brethren and companions, I will say now, peace be with you. So dear Lord, we just pray for peace right now in Jerusalem. We pray for peace in Israel, God. We pray for no more bloodshed, Lord. We pray for the children and the the the, the parents and the, the grandparents, all different ages that are being attacked right now, that are being taken hostage, Lord. We pray uh, specifically for the Americans that have been taken taken hostage, I believe even today or yesterday, Lord, that you would bring peace, that you would bring resolution, God, but also that this would be a reminder to us that you have a future, God, that there is a future plan for that area, Lord, that you are going to return again, that you are going to reestablish your kingdom. You're going to reestablish a new heaven and a new earth, Lord. And so we speak peace in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, hey, thank you for just joining me in that in a few moments. Let's stand together. We're going to dive into the word here at Riverside. We like to stand in the honor of reading God's word. We're going to start in Hebrews chapter 8. And uh, whenever we're talking about the, the mix of kind of the Old Testament and the New Testament, whenever we're talking about the difference between Judaism and Christianity, Hebrews is a great place to start because get this, it may blow your mind, it was written to the Hebrews. So it's a, it's a great place to start. And uh, we don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews. Many think it was Paul. Uh, some may, uh, others may think it may have been one of the female apostles that was around at the time. Uh, but the writer of Hebrews says this, here's the main point. Okay, so pay attention. Here's the, I didn't add that. That's actually in there. Here's the main point. We have a high priest who sat down in the place of honor beside the throne of the majestic God in heaven. 
There he ministers in the heavenly tabernacle, the true place of worship that was built by the Lord, not by human hands. And since every high priest, notice the first high priest is capitalized. This high priest is lowercase. Every high priest is required to offer gifts and sacrifice. Our high priest must make an offering too. If he were here on earth, he would not even be a priest since there were already priests who were offering the gifts required by the law. They served in a system of worship that is only a copy, somebody say a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you here in the mountain. But now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant. Come on. A superior ministry, a better covenant with God through, or or, excuse me, based on better promises. A better covenant based on better promises. I want to talk to you tonight from this subject. I know better. I know better. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, I pray that you would bless this word. Lord, speak to us today. Open our ears to receive Open our hearts, Lord. Your servants are listening. Now speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen, amen. Come on, high-five a few people that you haven't high-fived already. No, I saw some of you. You high-fived the same person. You got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. I know better. I know better. Uh, As I was thinking about this, these these different... uh, topics of knowing better and these different promises. I was thinking about sometimes when we have uh, benefits that we may not know about. Have you ever had this before where maybe you purchase a product or you purchase a membership, maybe you purchase a vacation and you have purchased something, but you don't really know everything that is a part of that? And this has happened to me several times. I remember one time several years ago when Apple TV was first launched. If you bought one of the new iPhones, you got a free year membership of Apple TV. Now, you got to be careful with Apple because that auto charge will hit you after a year. They'll, they'll get you, no warning. But I didn't realize until like nine months into the free year, oh, I get a free year of Apple TV. So it it didn't really benefit me that much because I didn't know about the benefit that I had access to. Uh, Same thing happened to me when I was traveling to meet my now wife in Australia for the, the second time. For those of you that don't know, my wife lived in Australia for three years. She was at a Bible college there. And so I got to go travel and spend some time with her. And I would always take this, this airline called Qantas. And if you've ever traveled internationally, especially to like the Pacific Islands, Qantas is my favorite airline. I've used all the American airlines. They're all horrible, okay? I'm just gonna be honest with you, especially United. I have a beef with them. Um, but, you know, Delta, if you wanna sponsor me, reach out because I, I do have mileage rewards with you guys. So anyways, um, <clears throat> just a joke, not really, but just a joke. 
So Qantas uh, is this great airline, and I love it because, you know, it's, it's very comfortable. It's very spacious. They have great movie selection because this flight, guys, this is like a 14-hour flight from L.A. to Sydney. This is a long flight. You get real tired. You got to start doing like some stretching, some yoga in the aisle. Um, and so I'd taken this same flight, I think, twice. And on the, on the second time around, I went to the restroom and I went kind of, cause these are the really big airplanes. I went to kind of a new area that I'd never been to before. And I noticed that there was like this, this pantry, basically. There was like this little mini kitchen and there were like cookies and chips and little like deli sandwiches that were pre-made and Cokes and waters and all these different things. And I was like, man, this is great. Like this must be for the first class, right? Cause I am not in first class. I can tell you that right now. I was not in first class. So I was like, this must be for the first class. This must be, so I didn't really mention anything. And then I noticed a guy that was in my same area he went and he started pulling stuff like from this pantry. And at first I got to be, you know, I was a little judgmental. I was like, this guy's stealing right now. You know, he's, but I'm saved. So I'm not going to do that, but he's stealing right now. And then I noticed other people. And fr- finally I asked one of, one of the stewardesses, I was like, can, can we go back there? Can we, and, and, and like in an amazing accent that I'm not going to copy, they're saying, yeah, of course. Like that's a part of your ticket. Like that's a part of what you paid to be on this plane. And I realized that I had benefits that I didn't know I had access to. I had already paid for them. I'd already purchased my ticket. And I I had been kind of a little cranky. I was kind of like, man, I kind of want to drink here because I was wondering why the service, I was like, why aren't they bringing us more stuff? And it's like, dude, no, we've already laid it all out for you. Just, Just stand up and go get it. But I didn't know about it. I didn't know the benefits that I had access to. I didn't know the benefits that had already been purchased, the, the, the benefits that had already been paid for, the benefits that had already been bought. And I think there are a lot of Christians, there are a lot of believers that you are living life and you don't realize the benefits that have already been paid for. You don't realize the benefits that have already been bought. Because here's the thing, Jesus already paid it all. Those of you that are trying to earn something, you're trying to pay for your past, you're trying to make atonement, you're trying to pay a penance, guess what? None of that works. Jesus already paid it all. He already bought back your life. He already paid the debt for your sin. And not only did he pay the debt for your sin, he also bought you some benefits. Come on, if you need some benefits in your life, come see Eli. He will help you with some life benefits. He will help you with some life insurance. He will Just shout out. I love my friend. Jesus is going to get you after life insurance. Eli is going to get you life insurance, okay? We probably have another insurance agent in here that's like very mad right now that I just, I'm sorry. If I knew you, I'd give you a shout out too. But there are things that have already been paid. Jesus, we already read it, Jesus is our high priest. But not only is he the high priest, he's the high priest and the sacrifice all rolled into one. I think many of us have this mentality where we think Jesus is the high priest, but I've gotta be the sacrifice. Like, yes, Jesus is is the the ruler and Jesus is the holy one, but I've still gotta sacrifice my life. No, 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 he was the sacrifice and the priest all in one. Because the whole point of the old covenant is that we cannot accomplish atonement for our sins on our own. Like you can read it over and over. It's all throughout the Old and New Testament. Go, Go through Hebrews, go through Galatians, all these different passages where it says, hey, the whole point of the old covenant was to show us that we couldn't do it on our own. 
The whole point of the law was to show us how insufficient we are because God only gave them 10 commandments. Now they added on a whole lot to that, but there were originally only 10 and we couldn't even get 10 rules right. Like you, you get mad at your kids because they don't get your rules right. You couldn't even get God's 10 rules right. Like you couldn't even, you probably couldn't even get number one. Don't put any other gods before me. Like that's just, even just that one messes us all up. So the whole point of the old covenant was to show us that we couldn't do it on our own. Jesus had to come and be the sacrificial lamb. He had to be our high priest and he had to purchase it for us. He mediated or he negotiated this better covenant. Come on, so look at somebody say better. better. It's better, it's better. So I, I wanna talk about these better benefits. I, I wanna talk about the reason that it's better because what I've found in my own life as a believer, um, and, and I've found many other believers to think this same way, many of us get kind of caught up in this mindset that we think, I wish I had all the promises that they had in the Old Testament. I wish I had all the promises that Abraham had. I wish I had all the promises that David had. I wish I had all the promises that, that Esther had or Ruth had or whoever is your figure. I wish I had what they had. Well, here's the thing. The, the new covenant is better than what they had. So let's just dive into this for just a moment. When, when we transferred from the old covenant to the new covenant, the benefits didn't get worse, they got better. But a lot of us practically, when we look around at our life, the way that we live, we think God has taken away some power. He's taken away some blessing that there are things in the Old Testament when it talks about prospering and your land and your cattle and all these different things. I wish I had that blessing now. You do and better. And so I wanna give you some, some benefits of this better covenant. And number one is simply all the original benefits, all the original benefits. Number one, all the original benefits. So when God talks to Abraham, when he talks to Moses, all these different things, we don't have less favor than they had. We don't have less access than they had. We have more. And so let's take a look at what are those original benefits. I'm going to really be like Pastor Bobby tonight. I got a chart. He's going to be proud of me. I got bullet points up here. So let's look at these. What are these original benefits? And you can find this in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Uh, I'm not going to read through all of it. We're just going to kind of hit the bullet points. But it's interesting to know Deuteronomy literally means second law. So it's when Moses is giving them the law for the second time. You can remember that like a duet of someone singing. I have to do little things to remember like that. So Deuteronomy, it's like a duet, two people. So here's a few things that, we are, that, that were promised in the old covenant. Remember the new covenant's better. We're gonna get to that. But we gotta first talk about the old covenant. Number one is the Lord will bless you in the land that he's giving you. I'm calling this favor. And we're gonna dive into these. I'm just gonna go through them real quick first and then we're gonna go deeper. Number two is the Lord will establish you as his holy people. That's forgiveness because we can't be holy without God. It, it, the holiness is only because of God. We are set apart from the rest of humanity. Did you know that's what holiness means? Holiness means to be set apart. 
And maybe you grew up in a denomination like me where that was all about your outward standard and what you look like and you couldn't do this and you couldn't listen to that and all those different things. But that's not what it's about. It's about your way of doing things, your mindset, your view on the world is separate from the way the rest of the world is living. So when the rest of the world goes this way, a holy person goes this way because I'm, I'm set apart, I'm different. I'm holy, not because I'm holy, but because Christ lives in me, I can be holy. So holiness, forgiveness. The, the third one is the Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated before you. I'm calling this fortification. Number four, the Lord will give you a surplus of prosperity. Open the heavens to give rain to your land and bless all the work of your hands. And so let's just dive into these real quick. Number one, what is favor? Favor is the unmerited grace of God. It's when God puts his hand on you, when God blesses you, and there's nothing that anyone can do to stop you. What I think is so incredible about God's favor is that if God's hand is on your life, guess what? No one can do anything to stop you, and even you can't do anything to stop you. If you're in this place and you're like, I'm worried about my future, I'm worried, am I gonna mess it all up? Am I gonna live up to what God is calling me to? If you will stay in alignment with his will, if you will stay in alignment with his ways, if you will let him put his favor upon your life, you can't mess it up. You're not smart enough to mess up God's plans. You're not smart enough to trip God up. So God's favor was on them. So that's why a small group of Israelites, when they came out of Egypt, when they came out and they didn't know anything about organization, they didn't know anything about military strategy. They had been slaves for 400 years. To put that in context for you, that's, that's like almost double how long the United States has been a country. So it wasn't like, oh yeah, we, we were just there a couple years. No, they, for, for as long back as anybody could remember, all they'd been was slaves. So how do we manage our resources? How do we manage all these people? We've been for hundreds of years told when to wake up, when to go to sleep. This is when your food is. This is, when you, this is where you live. This is what you do. It's only God's supernatural favor that they're able to go into a land and conquer and take over and build cities and build systems and all these different things. It's because of God's favor. And that, I wanna encourage somebody in here, if you're like, I don't know how to accomplish what God is calling me to do. I, I, don't, I don't have the ideas. I'm not smart enough. I didn't go to college. I, I didn't, hey, nobody, none of them went to college either. <laughs> like, no, none of them went to, to West Point for military strategy. None of them went to MIT for engineering, but the favor of God was on their life. And if God has called you to do something, if God's favor is upon you, that's all you need. My grandpa used to say, who needs, money when you, who needs money when you have God's favor? Who needs money when you have God's favor? Now, I would like some money, but if I got to choose either being in God's favor or following money, I'm going to follow God's favor. Because God's favor will always lead me into prosperity. God's favor will always lead me into health. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. Oh, I, I got oh, I, I to say this. I almost missed this right here. Here's the thing about God's favor, and this might come off a little weird, and I, I'm gonna be honest, I struggle with this. I know it deep down, but I still struggle with it. We have to have the mindset that we are special. Now, I'm big on hard work, and let's not be entitled, and that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about participation trophies and all that, you know. I'm a millennial, I get it. We were, we were the snowflake generation. Okay, ha, ha, ha. All, everybody in here laugh at us, it's okay. But you have to kind of have a mindset of I'm different. 
if I'm following God, if I'm living according to his ways, if I'm staying pure, if I'm praying, if I'm fasting, if I'm tithing, if I'm giving, if I'm serving in the local church, if I'm serving other people, if I'm doing all these things, I'm different than people that aren't doing that. I know that's kind of tough because we just want to be like, well, everybody's just the same. God loves everybody the same. God gives everybody the same opportunity, but not everybody's the same. Here's what, let me, let me give you Bible. Let me give you Bible. Isaiah chapter 66, verse two. These are the ones I look on with favor. So the, the first, and we may have this slide, Isaiah 66, verse two, maybe not. Isaiah 66, so if God looks on some people with favor, then we can infer that he looks on other people not with favor, right? These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Isaiah 66, not just humble and contrite, God, I just, I'm, so, I'm just messed up and I just hate myself and I'm just such a sinner and I'm just in, that's great. But when are you gonna get in alignment with his word? If you know you're a sinner, if you know you messed up, if you know you're going down the wrong path, if you know you're living a lifestyle you're not supposed to live, at some point you have to say, I'm gonna get in alignment with God's word. If I want God's favor on my life, if I want God's favor on my family, on my business, on my community, I've gotta get in alignment. I've gotta do what he says do. Again, one more time, Isaiah 66, verse two. Isaiah 66, verse two. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. Who tremble at my word. The next one we're gonna get into is forgiveness, forgiveness. Now, I'm not gonna spend too much time on this because this is a major part of the new covenant of what Jesus did. We're gonna get into in a moment. But you have to, to understand why Jesus had to go to the cross. For those of you that don't understand, just a real quick background. In, in the old covenant, the, the people of Israel would come and they would make sacrifices depending on uh, different circumstances in their life, depending on their income, depending on how many people were in their family. They would make different types of sacrifices. And so the whole point was is they were making a sacrifice and that would, that would cover for their sins, but only for a year. So you were never really truly forgiven it was just like, hey, we're not gonna, you're not gonna get in trouble right now. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna roll it back a year. And so their entire lives, they would just keep rolling it back and rolling it back and rolling it back because there was no true, there was really no true perfect sacrifice. Now there were things of, okay, bring a spotless lamb, bring this type of turtle dove. And they, they tried the best they could but how many of you know everything is flawed? We live in a flawed world, so you can never bring a perfect sacrifice. That's why Jesus had to come and be the perfect sacrifice. He that was without sin, who knew no sin, came and became, uh, took on the sins of the world to be the ultimate sacrifice. So the reason that we had to have a new covenant is because we needed something, we needed uh, God to come down and to be that ultimate sacrifice. The next one is fortification. Somebody say fortification. This is another one that some people might push back on me, but this is where we have to believe that we have a protection from the things of this world. Now we live in a fallen world. People have free will. People have choice. People can do bad things, but we also have to live in the tension 
Uh, I, I heard it one, side, one time that said wisdom is being able to live in the tension of two truths. That, that, that it, yes, it's true that there are bad people and bad things happen, but it's also true that God loves, that God is good, and that God is on my side. And I have to believe that God is for me and not against me. I have to believe that there's something about when I pray over my children before I send them to school, when I pray over my home before I leave, when I pray before I go on a trip, when I, when I pray, when I pray protection over my family, it makes a difference. This is a benefit that we have. It's not just something where we say, you know, it's kind of almost become this joke of where, well, I'm gonna pray that angels go and oh, that's just sweet. No, 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 that's a real thing. I'm gonna charge angels to go before you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit camp around you, a hedge of protection. So we have a benefit of a fortification, protection for my home, protection for my body. Again, let me give you the word, Psalm chapter 91. If you make the Lord your refuge... Notice, if, Psalm chapter 91, verse 9, if you make the Lord your refuge, so we can infer that there are, that you have the ability to not make the Lord your refuge. So that means there are some people that have made the Lord their refuge, and there are some people that have not made the Lord their refuge. So if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Come on, somebody. That's, that'll preach all by itself. That I have a refuge in the most high. I have this ability to step in. But again, if you don't know this and you just think, well, I know I love God, but everybody goes through hard times. I understand that. But again, I got to live in these two, these two truths and the tension of these two truths that I understand that, yes, sickness happens, but also I can be healed as well. I, I have to understand that, yes, there is poverty in the world, but also that I'm blessed. I, I was thinking about as even as I, as I, I did this one, because uh, this next one's going to, going to, going to, you know, be a little tricky for some of you as well. But I was thinking about even the idea of blessing. Here's the deal. We live in America. If you're hungry in this place, there's resources. There's, there's people here. We've got opportunities, even our church in this city. You can get a meal. Most, compared to most of the world, all of us in here are at the tippy top. And so I know we look around and we're like, man, well, it, the Bible talks about prosperity, but I'm having it pretty rough. If you live in America and you ate today and you drank clean water and you probably drove here if you live in Victoria or even took the bus, even that, that is, a ble that is like mega wealthy compared to the rest of the world. So we gotta shift our perspective a little bit when it comes to prosperity of, man, I, I'm here today. I got breath in my lungs. I, I'm loved. Come on. Just, that was just for somebody. All right, last one. And this is just the first point, so God help us. <laughs> Num number four is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. Come on, somebody say fruitfulness. Now, I, I got this scripture, but it's written right here on the side of the building. Psalm chapter one, verse three. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatever he does shall prosper. Come on, somebody. Whatever I put my hand to shall prosper 
prosper. Some of you need to realize, yes, you have to work hard. Yes, you've got to wake up early. Yes, you've got to have time management. Yes, you've got to have money management. But also, you have to realize there is a supernatural grace. I have a promise from God that whatever I put my hand to is going to prosper. Whatever I put my hand, there's going to be supernatural connections. There's going to be supernatural financing. There's going to be supernatural influence. I'm going to get in rooms with people that I don't deserve to be in. Everybody else there is on a whole nother level, but for some reason they invited me and it's not because of me, but it's because I've submitted myself to God and there are benefits that come with living in God's ways. Fruitfulness, come on, connections, promotions. Here's one, creative ideas. Some some people have not been called to get a a, a better, God's not gonna open up a door for you to have a better job because he's gonna give you an idea. You're looking for somebody somebody else's business that you can be a part of and he's saying, no, I'm gonna give you something creative so that you can build something. That's again, just a word for somebody out there. All right, let's go to number two. Number two, now this is where we're getting in. So, so that, those were all the, the, the original benefits. That's the old covenant. But again, they still had to make sacrifices. They still had to do all these things. Number two, as we enter into the new covenant, the better covenant, is we have an assurance of salvation. An assurance of salvation. Hebrews chapter 9 This is really all one continuous passage throughout the book of Hebrews. You know, these books were written as one letter that would have been read all in one sitting. And so when you're studying the Bible, especially in the New Testament, because most of the books only would take 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's best to read the whole thing so that you can really get the big idea. But Hebrews chapter nine says this. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven. Again, everything on earth is a shadow or a copy of what's in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not a part of this creative world, created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption. Somebody say forever. Under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer could cleanse people's bodies from ceremonial impurities. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our consciousness from sinful deeds so that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. Now, verse 15, this is where we're really gonna hit it right here. That is why... He is the one who mediates a new covenant between God and people so that all who are called can receive the internal inheritance. What has this whole semester been about? Our inheritance, the eternal inheritance God has promised them. For Christ died to set them free from the penalty of sin that they had committed under the first covenant. So see, the new covenant frees us from the penalty of sin. Christ died so that all could come to repentance. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Now, we have to be careful here because there's this weird theology that people have called... uh, called, 
uh, basically ultimate atonement is a way that you could put it where, well, Jesus died and that means everybody's saved. No, that means everybody has the opportunity to be saved. And this is very significant because in the old covenant, not everybody had the opportunity to make sacrifices. In the old covenant, you can even read it in the gospels where uh, there were people that were lame. There were people that had diseases and they were not allowed into the temple. If, if you were a Gentile, which probably 99.9%, if not 100% everybody in here tonight is a Gentile, you would not be allowed to make sacrifices. So not only did it give ultimate salvation to those who had been a part of the old covenant, but it also opened up where the New Testament says, for now there's no uh, male or female, there's no uh, Jew or Greek that all have an opportunity to come into this relationship with Jesus. It gave us an assurance of our salvation, that salvation is available to everyone. Because most of us would not even be able to worship under the old covenant. Most of us would not even be able to enter in, even get close to the tabernacle. I know a lot of times we, we, we like to think of ourselves better than we are. And so when we read these old things, we think about ourselves as the high priest. You wouldn't have been the high priest. I'm gonna just be honest with you. I wouldn't have been the high priest. <laughs> we would not even have been priests. <laughs> we, would not even, we, we wouldn't even been able to get in the club. You know what I'm saying? Like some of y'all got that reference. We're gonna pray for you after church. <laughs> you would have been outside the club. Okay, we're just... Okay, we, but we have now an assurance of salvation. Salvation is available now to all people. Through the new covenant, through Jesus' redemption of sins, through his sacrifice on the cross, now salvation is available to all people. And it's one sacrifice for all of time. Now, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't come back to God, that we shouldn't repent. James tells us to confess our sins one to another so that we can be healed but as far as are the sacrifice, and I just have to get this because depending on your background, depending on where you've come from, where your family histories come from, some people think that even as Christians, we have to keep making a sacrifice so that God will, will stay forgiving us. That if I, if, if I don't keep doing this for him, he's gonna take back his forgiveness. No, it's not, God doesn't do that. God doesn't give you a gift and then take it back. Now you can reject it. Let's just get into this for a second. I don't know why I'm doing this tonight. I just... Somebody, people, say, well, can, people say, well, can Christians lose their salvation? You can choose to lose your salvation if you want. You can reject God if you want. Now, I don't think we should wake up every day and is God going to reject, am I going to lose my salvation today? But you can, you can have whatever you want. I'm going to just leave it there. I was going to talk about demons, but we'll leave that for, we'll leave that for, that, that's above my pay grade. I'm just... Salvation is available to all people. Number three, worship team, you can come. Number three, so we have all, all the benefits of the old covenant. We have an assurance of our salvation. And then number three, the new covenant gives us access to God. Gives us access to God. Just to read that Hebrews chapter nine, one more time, not the full thing, but verse 11 through 12. So Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He entered the greater, more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not a part of this created world. You have to understand the people that would have been reading this, the Hebrews, they immediately go to, okay, if Jesus is the high priest, that means we don't need an actual high priest here on earth anymore. 
we don't really think about it that way because we're not used to that system. But you have to understand how liberating this must have been for them and honestly how uh, controversial it was. That's why this letter had to be written because a lot of the Jews were trying to take the message of Jesus and make the Gentiles go back to the old way of doing things. So that's why this letter had to be written and other letters, like I said, Galatians and others, where he's saying, no, 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 don't, don't go back. Like, don't go back, back. God did something better. Why would you wanna go back when God did something better? With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once for all time and secured our redemption forever. We see this when this actually happened with Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, when Jesus is on the cross and he gives up his spirit, just in case you didn't realize nobody killed Jesus, he gave up his spirit. He didn't have to die. He could have been healed. He could have taken himself off of the cross, but he stayed on the cross for you, for me. He willingly offered himself as a sacrifice. And as soon as his spirit left his earthly body, Matthew chapter 27, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook and rocks split apart. See, the old covenant was all about restriction. It was all about you have to be from this family. You have to be this gender. There were no female high priest. You have to be from this this ethnic group, you have to go into this certain place at this certain time. The, the, the tabernacle has to be just right. The temple has to be just right. Because again, they were trying to, they were doing their best with the instructions that God had given them, but it was still just a shadow. It was still just a copy of the things to come. And so while the old covenant was all about restriction, the new covenant is all about access. It's all about freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. Let's stand together for just a moment. So the old covenant was about restriction, but the new covenant is about access. That God's spirit is not in the Ark of the Covenant anymore. The, the Coptic church of Ethiopia claims that they have the original Ark of the Covenant. And maybe they do, I don't know. But it doesn't really matter because now it's just a box because God's spirit isn't there anymore. It may have the 10 commandments in it. It may have Aaron's staff. It may have the manna. It may have all that, but it doesn't matter because God's spirit isn't there anymore. So I don't have to go to a church in Ethiopia. I don't, let, let's be honest, this may ruffle some feathers as well. I don't have to go to Jerusalem. As much as I respect Jerusalem, I would love to go someday. Somebody wants to pay for my trip. I'd love to accept that. But I don't have to go there anymore because God's here. His presence is here. So I know better. And I almost titled this sermon, Better Benefits. Better Benefits. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Sounds good. I knew Pastor CJ would like that, the alliteration. But as I started to think about that, and as I was, I was praying today after work, I realized that by calling it better benefits, it's all about the benefits. And that's kind of a shallow faith to have. And if that's where you're at, I'm thankful that you're here. If you're like, man, I'm just at church because I need some help. 
I'm here because I need healing. I'm here because I need restoration in my marriage. We're thankful that you're here. But that's kind of, a, it's kind of an entry level to just come to God because of his benefits. And as I started to think about it, as I started to pray about it, of okay, we have these better benefits from, from the new covenant. We have this better deal that Jesus has mediated for us. I realized that it's not really that the covenant is better. It's not really that I know about better benefits. It's that I know better. I know better because better is not just the covenant. Better is not a list of promises that I have. Better is not something that's written down in the scripture. Better is not an adjective. Better is a person and his name is Jesus. And I have a better life. I have a better covenant because I know better. I know Jesus. Come on, we've been talking about the covenants and I love Adam, I love Moses, but let me tell you this, Jesus is the better Adam. Satan tempted Adam in the garden and Adam gave in to the temptation. Satan tempted Jesus in the wilderness and Jesus didn't give in to the temptation. Oh, no, 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 no. I love Noah, but Jesus is the better Noah. Noah could only build a boat and save his family. Jesus saved the entire world, all of humanity. Come on, I love Moses. Moses led the people of Israel out of slavery, but Jesus can lead you out of slavery to sin. He can lead you out of addiction. He can lead you out of bondage. He can lead you out of temptation. Come on, I love David. I love the slingshot. I love that he defeated Goliath, but Jesus is the better David. David defeated Goliath, but Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys back from Satan. He said, nobody's gonna come down here unless I let them come down here. You don't have any authority anymore. I'm gonna trample on serpents with my feet. I'm gonna trample on scorpions with my feet. Jesus is better. Everything in the old was just a shadow of what's to come. Come on, so right now as our prayer team comes forward, as our elders come forward, I want to encourage you that you can know better tonight. You can know better tonight. You can step into healing tonight. You can step into provision tonight. Come on, somebody. The greatest miracle of all, we can step into salvation tonight. If there's somebody in here and you've been beating yourself up, you've been trying to say, I got to make myself right before I come to God. I got to get myself cleaned up before I come to God. No, thousands of years of history. The first two thirds of this book are all about a story of how you can't clean yourself up. You can't make it right on your own. You got to come to the one that's better. So right now I want to open this up. If you want better tonight, if you want better miracles, if you want provision, if you want healing for your family, if you want salvation, come on, we want to pray with you. We want better tonight. Come on, let's just lift our hands. Let's begin to pray in this place. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.